Hi guys, welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast. Today, Giant Talk is joined by Andy Bins, co-founder of Change Logic and corporate innovation guru. Today, Andy is going to talk to us about innovation in the corporate world and how OKRs can be used to fuel innovation. Welcome to Giant Talk, Andy. It's great to have you with us for today's episode. Thank you for uh, inviting me. I'm delighted to be here uh, and get to talk to your uh, your many listeners. Thank you. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Um, so as you say, I work with this firm, Change Logic, which is uh, um, a small consulting firm that I co-founded 15 years ago with uh, two business school professors, Mike Tushman from the Harvard Business School and Charles O'Reilly from Stanford. And together, we have written a book called Corporate Explorer, How Corporations Beat Startups at the Innovation Game which some people find a little controversial way of formulating things. Mm-hmm. So let's start by talking about the concept of, of innovation yeah. um, and the types of innovation that, that you see. Sure. So, and I think that's really a great way to, 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 to start this conversation, Carly, with, with talking about different types of innovation, because to some degree, um, what you do, how you approach innovation does, does vary. Um, as to what sort of innovation you're talking about. There is enormous amounts of uh, um, uh, effort and and uh, and action, sort of results, that comes from incremental improvements to uh, a business, um, optimizing um, the user traffic, the engagement that you get on your website, um, um, uh, finding new features and functionality to, 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 to an app, uh, adding new partners, um, to a service that you have. Some of them can have really big impacts on, uh, on your business. The, the, the other sorts of innovation then start to move away from what you do today into new areas, either because there's new markets or because you add you know, new capabilities. And, and, and it would be nice if this were a really hard, firm line between what sort of incremental innovation in your core business and what is what we describe as explore innovation, things which start to move into higher levels of uncertainty. But there is no hard and fast line. But there comes a point where it is fundamentally different. And knowing when that you've crossed that point um, is a really uh, big uh, deal. Um, it, let me give you an example as to why. So the um, French advertising company, Havas, which is like one of the top five or six um, advertising companies in the world, um, they set out um, about 10 years ago to move into more digital forms of advertising. And in their case, one of the places they wanted to explore was how to use the crowd um, to, uh, to engage creative talent to, to use the many people who would be outside of their uh, employees um, to come up with creative concepts to meet their various different clients. And they're working for like Evian Water and Harley Davidson and a load of major brands. Uh, and so they um, they acquire a company called Victors and Spoils that does exactly this. It, it sort of f- um, move the creative concepts out to, into the crowd and they, they put the CEO of that business, John Windsor, uh, in as the uh, chief innovation officer of the company, right? So this is a multi-billion dollar company making a really big commitment to uh, to innovation. And at that moment, my colleague, Mike Tushman, 
uh, from Harvard comes in and he does a video case study. There's a lesson here, which is never get caught on video <laughs> by a Harvard business professor, because what happens is he goes round the launch meeting for this new innovation strategy is that people tell him the truth. Mm. The cr chief creative officer tells him, um, we, we, this, this, uh, this is totally different from the, the craft that is involved in the creative art of advertising. Right. And maybe they it works occasionally, but really, this is not the way you do advertising. Uh, this is this is a, 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 a distraction. And so there comes a point when the organization will kill off innovation. Right. They're not usually as dramatic as the Havas. And incidentally, a few years later, the CEO loses his job. Uh, John Windsor leaves the company. The, the unit is closed down. Right. So, and I can tell you several other, uh, you know, um, bad stories like that. And so there, there comes a point when innovation starts to rub against the, the fundamentals uh, of the business. And that's what causes a corporation to struggle uh, mm. when it comes to implementing, implementing its, its great ideas. Thank you for that, for that example. And for also touching on the different types of innovations and it's, you know, it's not just so, Black and white, I guess. Yeah. And so. you talk about new ventures within a corporate setting. Um, I know you've mentioned that. Yeah. In the book, can you give us some, some examples of those? Yes, for sure. And I think this is this is where we know we're in the explore <laughs> when you're trying to set up uh, a new revenue stream, often in an area that we might call you know disruptive, right? And this mm -hmm. is you know, to some degree, business school jargon, uh, because all it means is you're changing some of the rules of an industry. Um, so a great example of this for me is what um, uh, Christian Kurtish, uh, a manager in the Hungarian business of the insurance company Unica. Right? This is a multi-billion dollar insurance company in Austria serving Central and Eastern Europe. And, and Christian's off running the Hungary business. And he sees an opportunity he says, hey, the insurance industry has changed. It used to be about pooling risk, right? Um, and making it so that communities of people um, would support one another when times are difficult. It's become administering policies and catching your customers out when they try to steal your money, right? It's like, it's got upside down here. And so he comes up with a, with a scheme for what he calls share risk, a digital platform for insurance where there is uh, risk sharing, but there's also rewards back to the customers that they can then distribute into their community, right? So share risk is a great example. It's scaling across Europe now. Another great example of one of these new ventures would be uh, what uh, Jim Peck did at uh, LexisNexis. Uh, LexisNexis uh, is sort of legal <coughs> and news information, and that remains the case in most of the world. Um, but about 20 years ago, it started LexisNexis Risk Analytics. Right? And what it did is it took its competence in uh, managing public records data, and then it went and acquired some technology, and it sort of link, was able to link different data sets together. And it bought uh, a company that had larger data sets, and it started to create this thing that we would now call big data analytics. Right, And so this, by the way, um, is a... Uh, a, not not that this is a you know a, a British nationalism sort of thing for for you and I here, but but this is a British company, Relex, mm -hmm. right? 
um, uh, Relics based in in London, uh, and uh, it owns LexisNexis, and they they created uh, out of their existing business unit a business unit that is now larger than the original, two and a half billion dollars of revenue um, uh, uh, in risk analytics. So, you know, many different types of ventures mm-hmm. come out of this way, led by these characters uh, that we'll talk about. Yeah, and just moving on to, to those characters, that's going to be my yeah. my next point. So when we when we spoke previously before the podcast, um, you mentioned a concept which was was new to me, um, and that's the the idea of corporate explorer. So, what does this mean, and and how does a corporate explorer differ from an entrepreneur? Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it, Carly? That you know we have a very strong image in our minds of an entrepreneur. Yeah, right. We know. Um, um, Steve Jobs. Uh, I mean, Steve Jobs. Uh, I mean, I do work with um, Pro Bono. Work with the Atlanta Opera Company, um, and they've got an opera about Steve Jobs <laughs> on at the moment, right? You know, so these people become legend, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Jobs, Jeff Bezos, all of these different um, different uh, characters, um, and yet we imagine that corporate innovation just kind of happens through labs and accelerators and innovation programs and hackathons and whatever. Well, you know, it doesn't. It actually happens for the same reason, that somewhere there's an individual who has the the passion, the commitment, the energy to inspire innovation in the company and to mobilize others around them. The thing is, they're different. Whereas an entrepreneur is you know, often, and this is why they have operas made about them, a somewhat difficult individual, sometimes uh, very fond of, of, of getting attention. The corporate explorer is different. They make others in the company feel that they've made them successful. They're sort of lower in, they're higher, sorry, in humility, and they attract others around them, and they build support for what they're doing rather than needing to be um, uh, the, the, the genius uh, in the room all the time. And so there's a different kind of profile um, uh, of, the, uh, of the corporate explorer uh, than, the, um, than the entrepreneur. But the thing that unites them is this, commission, this commitment to solving a customer problem, to really having that uh, intensity uh, around the impact that they're going to have in the world. It's interesting to to see to see the difference and to hear the difference. Um, I should just explain. So you mentioned a couple of the characteristics, so the passion and commitment. Are there any other traits of a, of a corporate explorer that you can? Yeah, I think I think part of this, is, and, and I think you know, passion, commitment, and humility really really important. But I, but I will ask. I, I will you know highlight a couple more things um, because you, you, you're right. Sort of. You know, finding these people is is kind of part of the story. Here is mm-hmm. is organisations need to uh, identify who these corporate explorers are, give them the space because sometimes they're unlikely heroes, right? Uh, you know, uh, uh, if you if you meet Christian Kurtish uh, or uh, at Deloitte, the big consulting firm, Balaji Bondili, uh, who's also built this really impressive business. Um, uh, uh, which changing con- the consulting professional services model. Um, they're not, you know, high attention. They're not arrogant characters. You you'll be surprised to discover their achievements. Somewhat, right? Uh, they're impressive. They're personable, but they're not the characters we expect to be uh, the 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 great innovators in some ways. So there's there's something about humility that's really significant. But there's also something about them being socially connected. They have social capital in the organization. They know what. 
uh, happens, how things are done, who's who, and they can ask for favors. They can get people to be their allies, um, to be um, sort of advocates for them uh, when times are difficult. And, and that sometimes, Carly, is what you need when you're mm-hmm. fighting against what is undoubtedly a, uh, a, a sort of a, a tough <laughs> A tough story when it comes to corporate innovation because you know we haven't talked about this, but it's you know I've you got to acknowledge that corporations you know are tough places to do this in. Right, mm-hmm. there, there's many reasons. Even a small one gets sort of wrapped up in its own way of doing things and its own uh, rules and routines, and uh, and and the more successful you become the more those routines and practices and what we tend to call culture gets kind of um, uh, gets hardened, right? Um, Because it actually leads to success. It's like a good thing. It makes you bigger and bigger and bigger, more and more successful. And then there comes a point when it's so strong that actually it makes it difficult to change. And so, you know, if you think of, you've probably seen this picture, we have a a rug upstairs that has this of, of fish all flowing in one direction. And then there's one fish in the middle flowing the other way. Mm-hmm. That's the corporate explorer, right? They're, they're sort of going against the tide very right. often, doing something that's really quite different. Uh, and that, that I think, is, uh, is part of what you see. So there's a resilience um, to the corporate explorer and, and, and a willingness not to have to be liked, right? You don't get to this role by being friendly and warming people because you are going against the norms, going against the way things have always been done. It's good to um, to, to look at those traits that you've mentioned, the characteristics, and to, to be able to identify those, those corporate explorers. So I wonder if that's got anyone's sort of brain <laughs> ticking now <laughs> in their own organisations. So we've spoken about the different innovations and different um, types of new ventures within a corporate setting. I just want to bring OKRs into into the frame here and talk about how OKRs can be used to to fuel innovation. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think OKRs really have a key role um, in some incredibly important ways and we we don't i must admit we do not talk explicitly about the role of okrs in our book corporate explorer um but but i think the link is 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 very clear um uh in in um what we what what i'm going to talk about because you know let me put it this way one of the one of the questions we wrestle with is have corporate explorers always been there Mm. right or has something changed because mostly our story about corporate innovation is that it's really hard to do and it doesn't happen very often. And we know the stories of like Nokia, um, Blackberry, Blockbuster Video, you know, Kodak, you know, on and on and on and on, companies that go out of business, right? Because they can't make the sort of change, the sort of innovation uh, that we're discussing. And so, um, uh, so, but that started to change. You see Microsoft, managing to reinvent itself with um, Office 365 going to a SaaS-based platform for its uh, exchange servers. You see um, NVIDIA, the technology giant, um, um, managing to move out of uh, processors for computers into cars and deep computing, AI, and all sorts of things. So there's there's a number of trends that have shifted. And, and in, in, in each of these stories, there are corporate explorers. So, so what has changed? And I think OKRs are a part of the story that, that has changed um, and part of the, the, the reason why they can be more successful. 
And in the book, we talk about innovation as being about ideation, incubation, and scaling, right? Um, ideation, generating new ideas, um, incubation, testing them, scaling, turning them into sustainable revenue streams. And, and I think OKRs have a pivotal role to play, uh, in particularly in incubation. Why? Because incubation is all about evidence. It's all about results. It's all about measurement and having a really strict uh, sort of regime to how you do this. And that's not typically what happens in a corporation, right? They've, they've used to develop in a far more uh, annual plan kind of way. And let's work on this with a, with a set of performance objectives that you have as an individual, Carly, and we'll come and we'll tell you how you did over the last year about performance you can't remember. And it's got nothing to do with the person sitting next to you. And whereas I think what OKRs bring uh, is that, that team concept, it brings that outcome focus and it's short of timeframes and it connects to what we're trying to get done as a team overall or as an organization overall. And, and so that can um, uh, have a tremendous, that, that does play a tremendous role in some of the stories uh, that we tell in the book, because it shifts a company's um, perspective about how to use evidence in deciding what to do next. You know, their biggest danger is just inertia, just continuing on doing the same things. And OKRs are a way of making it much more evidence-based so that you're in a position where you can make choices, right? Because corporate innovation needs to be about small steps learning, small steps learning, and then investing when you're sure that you've got something that's worth it. And OKRs are a part of that regime, I think. Yeah, and I think um, with OKRs sort of acting as a stretch goals, and you know you want to keep striving for for best. And I think OKRs and innovation go hand in hand. Um, and I think yes. you know OKRs give a safe space um, for people to express their thoughts and ideas and that creativity that comes with innovation. So I think um, there's definitely a lot of benefits to using to using OKRs to, to fuel that innovation. But as with most things, OKRs can come with some challenges. Are there any challenges to using OKRs to drive innovation? You know, uh, just before we get um, into that exactly, I realised when you just said, you know, it, it this sort of piece about creativity, and I agree with mm -hmm. you. And and there's, you know, one of the things about uh, I found about agile uh, as a overall method is that um, there are people who believe that it is about entirely autonomous teams doing whatever they need to do, whatever they, self-determined teams. And um, I think that that's really wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think that most of the time that contributes to innovation um, because what it does is it doesn't create any tension around the, the strategy. It doesn't create any tension about the customer problem you're solving. And I think OKRs are a part of the way of allowing freedom and, and autonomy, which you absolutely need, mm -hmm. but within boundaries. And, and it, it creates a system of accountability as well as the sort of the, the freedom and creativity that you describe. And that, that mm -hmm. balance is so, so critical to strike. And I think OKRs are part of the story that does mm -hmm. that. So here the challenge is almost the flip side, <laughs> right? Which is that, you know, OKRs are great at keeping you focused, but you can get over-focused. And you might lose, and you do lose sight. Mm -hmm. I, I have clients where they lose sight of what's the big ambition here? What's the, the shift we're trying to make, right? So one client is trying to make a big shift uh, in healthcare and uh, they have some bold ambitions. They've identified 
changes uh, in the world that they want to make you know how we 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 tend to do with with firms a sort of ecosystem analysis you know so you want to play in this part of the uh, of the market and you see money being spent on the following different things you know in in healthcare you, we, you know, we tend to split it between you know getting healthy and staying healthy right uh, and then what's the customer journey in getting healthy and staying healthy and where do they struggle you know, and so our client identified a bunch of different places where they where they struggle, and one of the things that uh, I observed as they got deeper into their projects of pursuing the different ide- uh, opportunities they had identified is that actually the OKRs kind of got them focused on the day to day, and they forgot about the big mm. ambition. And and I think that I've seen that replicated in a couple of other places. So you kind of and you know you kind of got to also, and I don't think that's the intention of OKRs. That's not the way that it is um, laid out or, but it can happen because almost the power of driving you forward on the focus, right, can also lose you on the longer term as well. Yeah, thank you, Andy. I think um, I think it's easy to see how you can get sort of wrapped up in the day-to-day and forget that ambition and the, the innovations that you're, you're trying to, to reach. What I would like to do is to end on a final piece of advice or a lasting tip for our listeners. Um, it's quite a broad question here, but if you can share some advice to anyone listening um, for a successful innovation strategy or, or, a, or a tip, what would you say to them? Or anyone right. looking at the, you know, in a corporate setting and, and, yeah. and you know, thinking about a, a new venture? Don't focus on the ideas. What is he talking about? Right? Mm-hmm. Surely innovation is all about ideas. And, and here's what I mean. Ideas can become a drug. Right? It's, it's really fun to generate new ideas and to be creative and to see the possibilities. And as human beings, we get really excited by that. The thing is, innovation is about ideas applied, things that actually happen, that have an impact on people, have an impact on the world, have an impact on revenue. And so you need to see innovation as being um, really about this ideation, incubation and scaling, which is part of what we talk about in Corporate Explorer. And, and one way to do that is, is, is to think about how you generate ideas a little differently than is often the case. And, and the, in the book, we talk about having hunting zones, right? Because what, what, what you want to do is decide where in the world could we make an impact, Right. Where are the people spending money um, uh, to solve a problem but that, that we could solve better? Uh, or is there a cluster of problems we think we can make a difference to? And for, so for a corporation, that becomes a hunting zone. Um, uh, we have a client at the moment that has hunting zones like um, uh, or, or, or use of automation in, uh, in factories. Um, they have another one, which is um, the use of data in, in, in healthcare. Right. So spaces in the world that you think there are a set of problems that the solutions you have might be able to make a difference to. And, and then think about your work of innovation as what are the most important customer problems there? And how do I trial lots of experiments around that? And, and having a few boundaries allows that creativity and innovation, of course, is about ideas, really. But it, it, putting some boundaries around it means that you're more likely to get it done and you're more likely, if you're in a corporate setting, to get it invested in, right? Because it connects to a strategy um, that is going to add up to something that matters to the corporation. The biggest thing, danger or flaw that I find in corporate innovation is that firms spend too much money too early in projects and dig a big hole that they can't get out of because to admit that it's never going to work 
<laughs> and that they've, they've misunderstood the customer problem or somebody else has a solution that's better than theirs. It's really tough to do. And so you get around that if you're much more committed to having clear vision on the hunting zones and then getting into this experiment story with, with some discipline. So don't focus on the idea. That sounds like a good title for a, for a new book. <laughs> that, that'll be my follow-up to Corporate Explorer. How's that? Addition to. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been it's been really interesting to talk to you um, and to delve into innovation and, and um, corporate ventures and also the, the concept that's new to me. It might be new to some of our listeners um, of the Corporate Explorer. And, and how they differ and the different sort of traits and characteristics um, of a corporate explorer to an entrepreneur um, and I guess innovations in start, you know, looking at startups as opposed to in um, corporate world. So it's been really interesting. So thank you and for sharing lots of examples as well. It's always good to, to hear examples. It kind of paints the picture a little bit, a little bit better. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. And thank you to our listeners for joining us for another episode of Giant Talk. As always, if you have any feedback or if there's anything you'd like to hear on Giant Talk, you can get in touch with us at growth at Thank you.